going to do, we have a whole series planned for this fall. I'm going to talk about that at the end. Tonight, I just wanted to one more time talk about this idea of words and using your words well from this weekend. We spent all weekend talking about what does it mean to speak words of life and not words of curse over people. And so tonight we're going to drill down again on that just to make sure it's really sticking in our brains and gets into our heart that as we speak and send messages and post things, all of it, we have a choice every time we use our words. Every time you look at someone and you use words, you have a choice to bless them or to curse them. Not like curse, like uh, I'm going to curse you and turn you into a frog, okay? Curse like I'm going to tear you down. I'm going to say something against you. I'm going to say something hurtful to you. I'm going to say something that makes me look good and you look bad. We have that choice every time we open our mouth and speak words. So some of you have heard this quote before. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but... And isn't there never truer words? This is a terrible quote, right? Everyone in this room knows, I would rather be hit with a rock than I would for someone to, for someone to speak something at me. Yes, okay, the rock is going to hurt, okay? But that word is going to stick with you way longer than a stick or a rock being thrown at you, right? So tonight, <clears throat> we're going to look at what do we need to watch as we speak. Maybe uh, some ways that this could relate to you. We talked about some of these this weekend, but I want you to think about these. Maybe you've been hurt by a friend who said things behind your back. I'm going to guess every single person in this room has had something said behind their back. I'm going to guess possibly that it happened today. School has started back. I'm going to guess some of you sitting in this room have said something behind someone else's back today. Maybe you've experienced that today. Maybe you told a secret to someone in confidence and then they told everyone and all of a sudden you were betrayed and embarrassed. Been there? Both sides of that? Maybe at lunch there are people you do not like so you make comments towards them that are degrading, mean, so that they go away from you. Maybe that happened today. Again, we have a choice every time we open our mouth. Maybe you've heard some things that your coaches or teachers have said about you, and it still to this moment tears you up inside. Because you can't hear anything else inside except for, you got to be better. You're not good enough. They're better than you. And what you start to hear, whether it's in the classroom or out in the field, is that I'm not enough, I'm dumb, I'll never make the team, I'll never be starting, I, whatever it is. Maybe you're in a new group of friends who tend to gossip a lot, and now you have to as well to fit in. I think we all feel this pressure to some degree. I think the guys deal with it differently than the girls, but I think we all deal with gossip in our friend groups. And I think many of us know that if I'm going to be cool and I'm going to be accepted and I'm going to be approved of, I have to join in. 
and gospel. Because if I don't, they're going to look at me going, why aren't you participating? Like, it, it makes them feel, maybe you've been part of the situation, it starts to make them feel uncomfortable when you're not participating. Maybe it should make them feel uncomfortable. Maybe you just sent a really nasty message to someone on Instagram or Snapchat or a comment to somebody. And you just, it just flew right off like it was nothing. Do you relate to any of these things? Do you feel the hurt and pain around some of these things? There are so many examples of how our speech affects the people around us every day. I want to show you the power of speech with a really simple illustration. Okay? This is going to probably be very difficult for some of you. I want you to turn to a person next to you. Okay? I want you to literally turn, like face them. Okay? As much as you can. And I, well, there's got to be someone. There's someone in the back. We have, we have someone right here. Addison needs someone. Justin needs someone too up here. Up here, Justin. Aiden's over here. He needs a partner. Wait, we have nothing. We have one in the back, right? Addison has to a partner. All right. All right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look them in the eye. This is going to be difficult already. Okay, just for a second. I just want you to look them in the eye. See, you're, you're not even able to do it. Some of y'all are still looking at me. I want you to look them in the eye. Okay? I don't want you to say anything. I want you to be quiet. Look them in the eye. And I want you to tell them without breaking eye contact. I am so glad that you're here. I want you to look them in the eye. I want you to look them in the eye and tell them I am so glad that you're here. I am so thankful, I am so thankful that you're a part of this family. I am so thankful that you are a part of this family. Okay, good. All right, you guys can turn back and look at me. Good. All right, as y'all get situated here. How often do you do what you just did? I know those were simple phrases. I know those weren't very big, profound things that you told the other person. But here's the deal. Even if you just said what you just said to that person with eye contact, it may be the best thing they've heard today. And you know what's the most important thing? Is that you saw them and then spoke. For all of us, eye contact is so hard because what happens when we connect eyes with someone else? 
We are vulnerable. It's much easier to be like, I don't really want to. I'm so glad that you're here. Does that does that feel good? No, right? You kind of you're kind of wondering like, do you actually mean that? Okay, so listen. Eye contact, using your words, looking at someone when you speak to them matters. Okay. <clears throat> so that's just an example to show y'all how much this relates to us and how hard. This is, but also the power of speech to each other. Okay, so we're going to look at um, James 3, 2 through 10. James 3, 2 through 10. All right. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also, also to bridle his whole body. If he puts bits into his mouth, as into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also, though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed, and yet has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing, my brothers and sisters. These things should not be. One of the smallest parts of the body holds the most power. Did you know, actually, per capita of muscles in your whole body, your tongue is the most powerful thing in your body? That's the scientific fact. You can go work research that after this. The small member of your body, the tongue, holds so much power as we speak. And this passage shows us example after example of things that, it hold, that hold power but are driven by a really small thing. So it talks about a horse, right? Bits in a horse mouth. Have you ever seen this? If you go on a carriage ride or something like this, they put those things in, those horse, in the horse's mouth. So when they pull on them or you pull this way, pull this way, show that that's what I'm talking about. Um, pull this way, pull this way. It's to guide and direct them. These really small pieces. Horses are massive animals. Super strong. And yet these, these bits in their mouth pull them in different directions. He also uses the example of a ship. Have, you, have any of y'all been on a cruise or things like that? Those ships are like massive, right? The fact that they can put however many thousand people on one ship is kind of mind-blowing, okay? That ship is driven 
by a rudder that you'd be surprised to see. For the size of the ship, the size of the rudder would be shocking for the power of this massive ship, but the small rudder that guides it. The same thing is true about us and our tongue. There's a lot of other parts of our body that are stronger, that can do more things, but honestly, it's all driven by our, what we say and by the tongue. The smallest words can start the biggest fires. James 3 talks about this too. It says, and the tongue, this is uh, verse 7, how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Let me ask you this. Some of you have seen the forest fires. If you have seen anything on the news, there's been forest fires that have been really bad in the last four or five years in California. Those forest fires are started by the smallest spark. Your words to someone can start the biggest fires. Some of you have probably experienced this already. Some of you know this to be true and you do it for that reason. You speak something because you know as long as I get this out into this group of people, it will totally set on fire this other person. And in doing so, I'm going to look better. I'm going to uh, be approved of whatever it might be. But that small spark of a word may not feel like very much as I speak it because it's just a word. But what's, what ends up happening? Huge fire. Your words are so important. And James is trying to get us to see that the selfishness shows through your tongue, right? He says, um, with it, we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. We choose that I can come here and sing worship songs and read my Bible. And then as I leave here, I can also use the same words that I just sang to say, Turn your eyes upon Jesus and then totally tear someone down. Totally say something behind someone's back. Totally make fun of someone behind their back. And the scripture says, how can this be? We're selfish with the ways that we use our tongue and we think that it's okay. And James is trying to point out to us it's not. It's not okay to come in here and sing worship songs and then to go into your school hallways and to speak curse over people. And then last to point out in this text, our words are meant to glorify God and speak life into those around us. The last thing says, with it we bless our Lord and Father. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not be our words are a gift to bless God. Here's the thing I want you to think about real quick. I want you to just think before you speak. It's as simple as this. First thing I want you to write down is I want you to think before you speak. I want you to think before you speak. And as you think before you speak, I want you to start filtering some of the things we just talked about. Why am I choosing to say these things about this person? Whether it be a friend or a schoolmate 
our coworker, our parent, whoever it may be, think before you speak. And the second thing I want you to do is I want you to realize that you have to surrender your ability to control your own tongue. This scripture tells us that no man has ever tamed the tongue. No one. We've been able to tame a lot of things as men and women, but no one has ever been able to tame the tongue. Now, why does James say this? Just to make us feel awful and like, okay, well, there's no hope. No. What he's trying to get us to understand is that you can't do it. If you're going to leave here and go, I'm going to try really, really hard to say really, really nice things, and it's not going to work. You have to surrender your ability to actually use your tongue to bless because your heart and its sin is not going to do that. By surrendering it, what do, we, what do I mean by that? We talked about Luke 6.25 this past weekend. And Luke 6.25, so not 6.25, 6.35 says this. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. So it's not just surrendering your tongue, it's also surrendering your heart. You have to surrender your heart to the Lord to be changed, to be challenged, to be convicted, to walk in repentance, to turn from the things in my life, and to walk towards Jesus. That's what surrendering your tongue looks like. It looks like surrendering your heart. Because from your heart comes good, and the second half of the verse says this, the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I'm tell you a really easy way to know how you're doing. Some of you get this question all the time. How are you doing? If, you are, if you're like, I don't really know. I've never really asked myself. Think about what you said this week about people. Think about what you said this week about yourself. It's a great indicator for where your heart is. Because if you're not producing good out of the words of my mouth, because there's something in here that's not good. It's a great check for us to know what's going on in our hearts. Because here's the deal. I want you to understand for a second that you have no clue what's going on in another person's life or mind. We really don't know. Some of us know more than others about people, but we really don't know. And your words could be the last thing they needed to hear before doing something hurtful to themselves. Words hold a lot of value. Or maybe you have just confirmed that that person, that they've already been struggling with the fact that they feel worthless. And you've just confirmed that for them by speaking that over them. Do you realize the weight of your words? If you realize the weight of your words, you're going to realize that I need to think before I speak. And I need to surrender my ability to know that I can't do this myself. We throw them out like they don't mean anything, yet we all know and have felt the impact of them. 
get this about Jesus. Jesus in John 1 is actually called the Word. The Word in John 1 is Jesus. That God has given us an awesome gift. Imagine not being able to communicate. I mean, think about that. We've been given the gift to use a mouth to communicate. Animals don't get that gift. Only human beings. But with a gift comes a ton of responsibility, right? To use it well, to glorify God, to build up one another. And will you choose to use that gift to glorify God and spread encouragement to those around you? How are you going to choose one of your most powerful assets that we've been given to by God? How might your relationships, your friendships, your schools, your families look different if you actually spoke this way? I want you to think about that for a second. Like your friend groups, your friends. Imagine if all of you actually used your words to build each other up. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a friend group I would want to be a part of. Think for a second. Like, imagine if that was the real case. Now, here's the reality. It feels like there is no one in my life that's doing that. And so I've just had to choose friends that are, you know, maybe they're going to say something about me every now and then. Or they're just not going to tear me down, but they're not going to build me up. And we're just kind of in this, like, complacent place. And we're just kind of hanging around with one another. We can be a group of people that speak Words that are helpful, that are encouraging, that build each other up. That would be amazing if this place looked like that and your friend groups looked like that. Don't you want to live in that kind of community? I think all of us in this room would say we're desiring that. We just don't know if we can ever find it. That's the kind of community Christ has called us into by surrendering our ability to tame our tongues and asking that he give us the ability to speak encouragement, joy, and life to those around us. Some of us think as we shoot out words that we're just shooting out words, kind of like we have like a little BB gun that we're like shooting at people as we shoot words out. But in reality, our words probably look more something like a rocket launcher that we're aiming at people as we shoot a word at people. That's the weight of what's happening as we speak. So tonight, as you're going to wake up tomorrow morning, you're going to go through your classes, you're going to walk through your hallways, you're going to wake up at home with your parents and your siblings. I want you to think before you speak about the implications of your statements to people. And if you do say something offensive or mean, which everyone in this room, including me, will do, Here's the deal. Ask for forgiveness. Every single person in this room, I'm going to guarantee you, probably in the last month, has said something that they could probably go to someone else and ask for forgiveness about. Some of us about people who they don't even know that we said it, but we probably need to go make that right. And that could be a friend, that could be a coworker, that could be a teammate, that could be a parent. All of us are going to get this wrong, guys. We're not going to be perfect. But when we're not, let's forgive one another. Let's ask for forgiveness. 
instead of just pushing it under the rug, pushing it under the rug, pushing it under the rug, hoping that no one's going to notice and we're just going to walk off like nothing happened. Guys, I'm telling you right now, it doesn't work that way. You will carry that with that friend for a long time if there's not forgiveness.